We are live. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> this is the fourth week. I'm here with Matt Shea, aka Schmangy, uh, as some may know him. <laughs> Dude, been... I'm so excited to be here. Welcome to the this podcast. Is, this podcast is literally legendary. <laughs> no formula needed. No uh, formula needed. That's right, man. I'm so pumped to be here. Uh, for those of you who are listening, we're zooming right now. So I see Dean and I noticed behind him three cans of LaCroix seltzer sitting on his ledge. And and I showed him, I was like, Dean, I got my seltzer ready to go. Like I'm ready for this interview. And uh, we were talking about how Dean is trying all these different flavors. Yeah. So basically the other day I ordered a uh, variety pack from Amazon <laughs> yes. on every, it, ha- it has every single flavor of LaCroix. It's just oh like, my a gosh. Flavor. <laughs> so I also, I ordered another one from Polar too because no I wanted to try theirs too but wow. that, that hasn't come yet so oh man, I can't wait for that I'm a big fan of Polar I'm a big fan of LaCroix it is a little trendy but I'm kind of like OG seltzer person not not by my own choosing but I was like raised on it I was bottle fit as a child <laughs> I just I want to say my my introduction was because uh, of you uh Matt the seltzer yeah <laughs> Let's like go. I don't know. <laughs> I think it was like it was right before I was going into college. We were hanging out quite a bit, yeah, and that, uh, summer. that was a good summer. I I tried Lacroix again, and I was like, yeah. "This is different." <laughs> <laughs> that I remember and, got uh, you hooked. Yeah, got me hooked. I have tried Tangerine, mm-hmm. which is similar to Orange. Yeah, I, it's just like a staple. It's a stud. Like everyone yeah. needs a good Tangerine in their fridge. It's a it's a solid go to. And then I tried Apricot today. Ooh. I think. I think that's how Spicy. <laughs> it. Uh, it was good. It tastes similar to mango. I've never had a- apricot fruit. It's yeah it's good i don't know how to describe it but that's amazing and then i that, tried mango yeah mango dude that's one of my faves <laughs> your favorite so yeah oh my gosh uh, it's crazy the seltzer world is blowing up uh, we should just talk about seltzer the whole time no i'm kidding but the seltzer world is <laughs> the blowing seltzer up, podcast <laughs> seltzer. <laughs> no but real talk imagine? like like every grocery store chain is now making their own version of it like the og that i drank was polar um and and schweppes Schweppes. If you if you ever get a can of Schweppes, that's like from the from the motherland, like from Europe. I think 1783 Schweppes has been around, cranking out soda and seltzer. Wow. I, yeah, but like now there's mi- there's millions, and now they put alcohol in seltzer. I mean, come on, it's crazy. Yeah. And now they put like, and they do yeah. like caffeinated seltzer, and this world's out of control, yeah. man. It's a huge hit, I guess. <laughs> uh, seltzer is trending up. <laughs> That's right. So Matt, would you like to kind of introduce? yourself a little bit yeah i'll introduce myself my name is matthew shea people call me schmangy though i uh i'm from born in connecticut raised in central pa in a small town outside of williamsport called montoursville go warriors i went to high school there and then i went to college at penn state that's how i i met dean through leading young life but young life's a big part of both of our stories i don't know if you've ever heard of it but (laughs) all you listeners out there. Now, uh, uh, I got into nursing for a year and then I was like, you know what? Um, I think I'm being called to do ministry full time. So I'm on Young Life staff. I get to serve in uh, Fayette County 
which is an hour south of Pittsburgh. It's wild. It's it's it borders West Virginia, so it's it's like West Virginia's stepbrother, but it's still wild, wild and wonderful down here. Love it. It's awesome, and it's it's awesome to have you on the show. Yeah, as Matt said, he was my leader at uh, State High. Go little lions. <laughs> Go little lions. That's kind of how. We kind of met and uh, came on that uh, like champion trip way long yeah, ago. Yeah, dude, I heard. Oh my god, <laughs> I heard that in your your podcast and in your testimony. I was I was just blown away, um, just by the Lord's faithfulness and feeling like I felt like I had no clue what I was doing, dude. Like I was like, dude, I think I just blew that one on one. Like I I blew I messed up, you know. But like yeah. God is so much bigger, and I just want to say this podcast has been so inspiring and so encouraging. Seriously, Dean, I want to say publicly <laughs> that you um, seriously are doing an awesome ministry of love and encouragement in this podcast, and you are changing the world, like hearing <clears throat> your story and Ange is and and Nick's. I mean, oh my gosh, if you haven't listened to Nick's, the one with Nick, you should listen to it, everyone. Um, when I was, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't preparing for this, but I was thinking about this podcast. I was thinking about you and just how much God has worked in your life and how evident Jesus is in your life right now. I thought about um, a sermon I heard this past January. I had the opportunity to go to um, Disney and attend an all staff conference for Young Life. It was it was so amazing, not just because we were at Disney, but just seeing um, the mission of Young Life and, and truly just being there with some of my best friends and um, like Chris Russell, um, who's a big part of my story. Like it, it was so cool. And one of my favorite moments was a sermon that David Platt gave. I don't know if you know who he is um, or if people listening know who David Platt is. He's a he's a big uh, solid dude. Uh, uh, pastor, Bible teacher, and he gave the coolest sermon on the book of Ruth. Um, Dean, have you ever, have you ever looked at the book of Ruth? I just recently. Recently? <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, let's yeah. go. See, like, I probably, I probably didn't read it once. <laughs> um, and didn't understand it. Like, Ruth is probably, is honestly probably one of my favorite books. It's so rich. Um, there's so much, solid truth in it but his sermon on was on the entire book of Ruth and it was on the centrality and the um, necessity of love in my life in, in young life and in my life and I have my notes uh, I'm, re I'm I want to read it from them I'm not like pulling this off the top of my head I'm not that smart but he looked at the book of Ruth and he exegetically meaning like within context of the greater scope of the Bible, looking at the passage and the story that it's trying to portray in terms of the whole, ter in terms of the whole lens of the Bible, right? From creation to fall to God's plan of redemption through the Old Testament and then sending his son and Jesus dying in the restoration, right? So if we look at the Bible, we read it from that lens. He, he came up with three principles about love from the book of Ruth. In the first one, was he said that love takes the initiative. And that was Boaz's pursuit of Ruth. Like Boaz, the guardian redeemer, went after Ruth, who um, she wasn't widowed, but she wasn't married. Her stepmother, I think, Naomi, is that how she's related to him? I don't even know. See, check my theology. Um, but Boaz pursued Ruth and he said, love takes the initiative. And that's like applicable to our life. And I think, man, Dean, like, you're doing a ministry of love through this podcast because nobody told you to do it. 
um, you just went ahead and did it. Like love takes the initiative, man. Um, and I think about that in the terms of like Christ coming to us, God coming to us. We couldn't have done it. We couldn't have saved ourselves. He had to come towards us. Christ took the initiative. Um, and the second principle was love goes far beyond what is deserved. And he got that point from Boaz giving Ruth way more than, than she deserved or that she earned. He gave her like all this grain um, and like stocked her up and, and she deserved nothing because she um, was single and women were really looked down upon and didn't have much value or worth in this society back then, unfortunately or sadly, but Boaz had like her best interest in mind. And I think like, man, you're doing so the ministry of love you're doing um, in this podcast is, is, is amazing. And the third principle was that love bears fruit that far outlasts the one who loves. Right. So if you think about like planting a, a seed, say you plant a, like a seed in a field or you plant a seed metaphorically in someone's life, if that seed takes root and is um, on good soil, then it, it grows a tree and that tree then bears fruit and that fruit offers life to everything around it. Um, right. For years and years and years to come long after you're gone. He, he draw that point because Boaz was actually from the lineage of Christ. And so from Ruth and Boaz, they got married, you know, um, and they had beloved children together. So it's just this epic love narrative, but it's all pointing to the fact that God chooses, he's always, always, always working behind the scene. And even the most vulnerable people, he has their best interests at heart. Even the people who outcasts or people who are exposed, he, he cares for them. Um, and, the, and we see that through the person of Ruth. And I just think, man, this podcast is blessing so many people. I know it because it's blessing me because it's making just the story of Jesus that much more real because he's actually changing lives still today to this very day. And you're doing that, Dean, through this podcast and through, um, yeah, like it's amazing. Um, so thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun just to talk to uh everyone else who has uh been on this podcast and just how their stories were changed by christ because mm -hmm. and i just really like kind of one of my motives with making it was that ideas like no formula needed that like it's all like everyone is different it's all like yeah and it's all because of the com common ground which is christ mm -hmm. um, which has been really cool and yeah that's amazing that's a, that's amazing title because like coming to know christ and accept him as your lord and savior there's every everyone's story is different and it's not a it's not a science right like yeah. even sharing the love of christ everything's unique and everything's different and it makes it that much more beautiful and that much more more real you know well i'm gonna pray for us and then uh matt's gonna go into the story let's do it all right father thank you for today uh thank you for this podcast that you have given me i pray that uh it would be so much bigger than myself and for anyone else that it would be you would be evident in uh, uh doing this and that 
it's so much bigger than anyone. Uh, I just thank you for just giving encouragement and hearing from other people uh, who have related to the stories and also uh, how you are at work uh, uh, doing this through me and through the people who I've been talking to, which has been really cool. Uh, Thank you for Matt and uh, just this time and that uh, we would be able to come together as just uh, uh, friends and just uh, to encourage people around us uh, and uh, keep you at the center. Uh, Thank you for loving us. I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Dean. All right. You just want to go into like growing up and like what you you were like before Christ? Yeah, man. Well, it was April 15th, 1996. At approximately seven in the morning, I entered the world. <laughs> no, we don't have to go. We, <laughs> we don't have to go that far back. Um, but yeah, I was I'm born in Connecticut. All my extended family lives there, but I was raised in central PA. My dad moved to open a branch of the company he works for in central PA. So I was raised in central PA um, by two amazing parents. Uh, We had a strong nuclear family. I think they call it, you know, everything was there. Great family dynamics. I I love my parents so much. Uh, They're my biggest fans and greatest supporters. I'm so grateful for that, and I thank God for that every day. Um, I have a younger brother, Tommy Boy, who he's a junior at Penn State, or going to be a senior at Penn State. Um, and, yeah, grew up in, in Central PA, and, and then faith-wise, um, it was my extended family, so both sides, my, both my grandparents were Catholic, Polish Catholic and Irish Catholic. And so I was raised Catholic Christian tradition. I actually went to Catholic school from kindergarten through fifth grade in, in Williamsport, St. Boniface, and then St. John Newman. But yeah, played, played sports. Look, looking back, so grateful for being raised in the home that I did. I was so fortunate um, and fortunate to even, you know, go to Catholic school and see the world through that lens. I actually had a great uncle who was a priest and he passed away before I really started taking my, before God really got a hold of my heart. And I started taking my faith seriously. He, he passed away when I was in high school. I want to say like my sophomore or junior year, but I love to talk to him nowadays. But what I remember of this man, he, I just remember his heart he loved people so much and so well and we would do big beach trips on my dad's side of the family and my uncle bob would come to north carolina we'd have 20 people packed there um and we all loved uncle bob and some of the people in my dad's family weren't even practicing catholics as they say but we i remember we he would do mass for us sunday morning like at the beach house with all my family there and i remember thinking back i was like holy cow that was so special um so beautiful so cool he really exemplified christ looking back and man i would love to talk to him now um but i know he's in heaven with the lord but anyways so i grew up in the catholic church and so my perception of god 
um, was more of a moral legalistic God, right? Your classic um, God sitting on a throne with um, a hammer, you know, like the judge and he sees everything that you do. And, and so my worldview, my morality was shaped a lot around like Christian moralism and Christian idealism, like just do good, do enough good and, and you're good to go. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And like, and, and like you're in your saves and I know, but I, in it's not really, that's not the gospel, right? Um, looking back, I can see that the Lord was working in my heart even before I came to really know the gospel and know why Christ came to the earth. I, I remember growing up and I'd go to church twice a week. We would go as a school on Thursday and then we would go with my family on Sunday. But I, and, but I didn't, I hated it. You know, always wanted to get out there. I was in it for the Dunkin' Donuts after church. If we were good boys, we would get Dunkin' <laughs> when we were really young, I remember. <laughs> my brother would be wreaking havoc in the pews, like playing with his dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> he was crazy. Anyways, so yeah, um, was just a, a little, little rug rat. Had, had good friends in the video game sports so on and so forth. I played football and then I was standing on the football freshman practice field. I was going into my freshman year of high school and we had freshman practice and it was a blazing hot August day. And I was standing there getting ready. Um, and I remember looking over to my left through the gate and this young adult who like, he, he had some swagger to him. I, and I remember people like hanging out around him and talking to him and like, he, there was a lot of energy and emotion to him and he thought he was cool. No, he was cool. Um, his name was Chris Russell and he went on to become, yeah, dude, that man, I'd never seen him before. And I grew up in a small town, Montoursville, where everybody knows everybody, right? It like the high school was like 600 students. So, you know, everyone knew everyone, everyone knew the coaches. I knew all the players. And I was like, who is this imposter, imposter imposing on our practice coming on the field thinks he's thinks he runs the place <laughs> but that was Chris Russell he wanted to become my football coach and young life leader and the man who um changed my life for for the better because he's just the greatest friend in the world um he went on to be my yeah young life leader and uh I remember getting invited I don't know if it was by him or by someone else on the football team to young life club my freshman year and it was at Mackenzie Rodriguez's house. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget running through the doors for the first time and Chris being there. And he's like, ah! like shaking me like, Oh my gosh, so excited to see you. And I was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> I was so overwhelmed and all these cool kids were there. I remember being like, Whoa, who's going to this thing? And like, Oh, so-and-so and so-and-so. And they're like upperclassmen football players. And I was like, Oh dude, I gotta go. So I went, I don't even, I only remember having a ton of fun and being overwhelmed and standing in the back and being like, what is happening? Why are these seniors here? And anyways, I, I remember, I don't know when, but it was later in the semester, totally dipped and bailed on Chris a couple of times. He's like, yo, you come to clubs? And I was like, nah, but I went, I was there, it was a day, night, day of the week and they showed a promo for Young Life Camp and it was epic. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to go to that. So I went to camp that summer with all my, with a bunch of 
friends and it was at Lake Champion and it was the best week of my life. And I remember um, Brooke Johnston was the, the camp speaker that week. And uh, I remember, and that was like the first time I started really listening to the gospel and, and leaning into that and processing that. And it wasn't like this aha moment for me, but this is why I feel like everyone's story is unique. But I remember, vividly remember just Chris and an, the other leader who led our cabin, Ben Carey, who has a crazy story of his own, who actually went to my high school, was five years older than me, ended up going to Penn State. But he, he helps lead this camp trip because we had like a cabin of like 18 guys or something crazy and Chris couldn't lead them all by himself. So he came yeah. and Ben Carey is the man. I just remember the way they lived their lives was so attractive. They had an energy and a spirit about them, something I never experienced. And just being at camp, I remember sitting on the rock, um, on the rock, like to the right side of the game room. Um, overlooking the lake and seeing Ben and, and talking to Chris. And I was like, dude, I want the, like the life you have. And I remember praying the prayer and accepting Christ into my heart. Yeah. And it was the best week of my life. And, but that was like just the beginning of my story, right? Like it wasn't all dandelions and butterflies after that. Um, I remember going home and I was still, I was still super young and, and immature and naive and um, was still trying to figure out life. And I'd go to camp. I went to campaigners and club, but I honestly, ne I don't remember any campaigner lesson that I went to in high school. I don't even remember like any of the club talks Chris gave or the other leaders gave. I seriously don't. I don't remember any of them. I hosted club at my house, but I, I loved club. I loved the energy of young life. I wanted to be in on that, um, but I wasn't really all in on Christ, still half in, half out. And some of my friends kind of went and did their own thing. And so I was just torn, you know, what what was I going to do? And didn't really fully see my need. And, and I missed a lot of really cool opportunities in my life. And But God always has a hold on our hearts, his plans is perfect for, for my life. And, but I almost feel like some of this regret, I was like, man, if I only would have understood the gospel, like my senior year, like I could have done a, I could have done so much damage for the kingdom of heaven, you know, yeah. with Chris. But yeah, I, um, I loved people. I was so social and outgoing. I guess you, I guess I was like on the in. I was popular. I was on like the, the school not the school board, but like I was a class officer, um, had an awesome group of friends, had a really great high school experience. And I just loved being around people. I loved like the young life club scene, like the party scene. Like I loved being with people and socializing. And I liked that everyone liked me. And looking back, there's a lot of like selfishness in that, but like I had to be everyone's friend type of deal. Like that was my MO. I wasn't the best athlete. I wasn't even close to being the best athlete. Like I didn't even start on the football team until like game four of my senior year type deal. And like, didn't even start on the baseball team my senior year, the entire season. But, and I was so much pride and brokenness and I felt so much lost from that. And looking back, I'm like, dude, I was so stupid. Like who freaking cares? But it was awesome to be on the team. So yeah, I played football, baseball, but people and being around people and doing things with friends was what I loved and what I found life in and and then late in my senior year like started getting involved with the party scene 
still trying to figure life out. Chris was still trying to be involved and invested in my life. And there's so many times where I brushed him off. I was like, dude, I just blew him off. I was like, yo, I want nothing to do with you. You're lame. I'm the worst. But I think that's just, that so clearly is a sign of just my, my spirit kind of running, you know, I was running literally from God as Chris was trying to love me as Christ loves me. But I was running from that, right? Yeah, caught up in all kinds of stuff. Party scene, girl drama, and then, yeah, girl drama. The best, right? Totally yeah. high school. Yeah. Totally oh, high my school. gosh. Trying to find life and friends and partying and, and girls. And, yeah, and then I went on to college. I actually, unpopular opinion, I wanted to go to Pitt because they had, like, the top, one of the top nursing programs in the country. Like, they were top five. And I was like, yo, I want to go to Pitt, be a nurse. Um, but I didn't get in. Weren't, weren't, weren't. <laughs> But that's okay. I'm kidding. I love, I love all my friends who go there. So I went to Penn State. My good friend Trey went there and Peyton went there. They're two of my good friends from high school um, involved with Young Life. And we each just had our own unique story with one foot in, one foot out, living for the world, trying to live for Christ. But we all ended up kind of at Penn State. Trey, Trey was, he was the best man. He, he actually, I think he got the gospel in high school and loved me so well in my idiocracy my stupidity my sin like he was the guy next to me and taking care of me my freshman year of college um but yeah i went to penn state and so i had like a christian group of friends and then i kind of got involved with the young life scene but there's no area director for center county for like two years so there's kind of this gap um so i didn't really get involved there i like dabbled with navs but then i lived on a floor where all my friends on that floor end up being in like fraternities or sororities. And like, I was still good friends with them and loved hanging out with them. And there was actually on my floor freshman year, a kid who lived next to me who I became good friends with. And I'm still friends with today. He's a, he's a great guy. His name was Matt. He was from Minnesota, Matt from Minnesota. And they called him Matt. And then they called me Christian Matt. Cause like they thought I was like this good Christian boy. Cause I like didn't go out partying with them fall semester. So I was just trying to figure it out fall semester. Yeah. Just so much insecurity and still brokenness in my heart and my life. And had this like drama with this girl. Um, that was like my fault. It was just super unhealthy and I was the worst. And, uh, some things went down and then I remember coming back um, after I'd go home and like party with my friends because once your friends go off to college you know partying is the new norm then I would go home and you know every time I loved part like going to parties that was just like my thing but the only problem is is that it didn't last and I knew that life wasn't found there but it's so fun in the moment because like I don't know we're created to be in relationship and in that like party like atmosphere but the problem is is like what people are in it for like Whatever, whatever it might be, if it's an outlet to escape, to get away, if it's for the drugs or alcohol, if it's for like hooking up with girls, like it, it doesn't last. <laughs> and that's the problem with sin is that it doesn't ultimately deliver. It doesn't ultimately satisfy. And I still knew that and still went after it. So then coming back spring semester, the Penn State freshman year, after all this junk had gone down I was just like you know what screw it to heck with it like I'm gonna start going out and partying with my friends the friends on my floor like in the fraternity sororities so this started doing that chasing after that yeah getting drunk and being belligerent and hooking up with girls and again it it I felt like I knew I knew going into it that it it wouldn't 
last. It wouldn't satisfy. And I was still like hanging out with some of the Young Life friends, like guys like Evan Brem and Ben Hitty, who went on to be like my co-leaders and friends. And I, and like Nate Scribano, and I loved hanging out with them because they were so real. They were so transparent. They could have so much fun and so much joy doing like the most dumb mundane things. Like they lived life and life to the full. And I knew that that was because of Christ. So I had these two <laughs> two like friend groups competing two different worlds i was like bouncing back and forth like chasing one after another and the more like the when i went out the more i saw that there was no life found in that and i felt so bad so guilty so convicted because of the way i treated women it's just it's it sucks sin is the worst i remember chris he was still back in montoursville at the time but he was gonna get the job in center at state college he was going to become the area director at penn state and he would come up occasionally sometimes in the spring semester and like try to hang out with me and i was like ah shoot i guess better go hang out with chris like all hung over sometimes literally like this is nuts dean i i this is all christ like working in chris's heart and in mine um he'd be like come up and hang out with me and i would go reluctantly right because i'm like the fifth, like the five-year-old kid who got caught eating a cookie out of the cookie jar. Like I knew that, I knew that he knew, and I knew that, I knew that what I what I was doing, there was no life found in it. Um, but he would sit me down and we'd talk and he'd catch up and try to and try and just be my friend seriously and love me, and and I respect that he would like have the hard conversations with me. We talk about like drinking and stuff he would tell me like hey man I love you and but there's no life found in that like why do people do he, like he was trying to address the the desires of my heart you know like if life is it if life is an iceberg what we see on the surface is only 10% but like it's it's what's beneath the surface right and so we were talking about that and but again my spirit like I wanted nothing to do with it um but just out of respect kind of like I remember what Nick Nick was saying he's like I just went out of respect, you know, <laughs> and that was me too. So I was just like the way I was brought up. But yeah, and then I remember, and then I remember God slowly working in my heart, and I like stopped partying and all that, started falling, like being done with that. And then I remember Chris Russell inviting me and Trey to go to Leader Weekend after my freshman year at Lake Champion Memorial Weekend, and I went went with all the Young Life leaders at Penn State, like Nate. Ben, Evan, like Leah, remember Leah, now Ben's wife, all there. Hey, that's where I met Libby Roach. I thought she was, <laughs> I thought she was so cool, Dean. I, she was still in high no school way. then. Yeah, I was like, dude, she's cool. It's crazy. Um, and I like was scared. I was intimidated because she had her Ray-Bans on with like her croquis. <laughs> she was just, she was just rocking it. Anyways, I remember meeting her, but she was like going to come to Penn State, but she, was still she just graduated high school or she was still in high school um anyways so went to like champion best weekend of my life i was like oh my gosh yes like i want to live for the lord like i'm gonna fire for for jesus and i remember going home and i was just chris was moving to state college so he moved and then uh you know i was gonna i was working as a lifeguard that summer back home but i had no community i had no fellowship Trey was still living at home, but we weren't like mature enough to like 
really keep each other accountable or even like I didn't even know how to really read the Bible or anything or do Bible study or you know live and live it was like in a, in a fellowship like an Acts 2 42 through 47 fellowship so I remember like trying to follow the Lord and want earnestly wanting to but then having no community having no accountability and being still an infant in my walk with the Lord even though I like say I accepted him um, a long time ago, I was still really an infant. Like I hadn't grown. I was still drinking milk instead of eating solid food type of deal. My friends weren't following the Lord to portray, but they were still my homies. Still love them to this day. They're my boys. But yeah, just the normal was to go to the cabins and like on the weekends and party. And so got just drawn, sucked back into that. And yeah, just slowly slipped away again until I hit my breaking point partying every weekend or like I would push the envelope that much more every weekend you know what I mean like I would try and get more drunk or try to do something more crazy with like I don't know blowing stuff up or breaking stuff or you know so like it, it was it was never and never enough a bottomless pit if you will and then I remember so badly just wanting to be loved, wanting to feel good, wanting, yes, just to to feel something true or real. And um, yeah, so drinking and partying, that was my outlet and, and it turned into hooking up with girls. Yeah, just enough was never enough. And I thought, oh man, maybe sex will give me what I want. That was, it was, that's funny because it was like the one thing I told myself from a young age because I was like brought up Maybe it was just because I don't know where I got this idea, but it just shows you how messed up it is. I thought like everything is okay, like being a Christian or being Catholic or whatever. Like you can do anything um, or get drunk or hook up with girls, but like sex was the one untouchable. It was the one wrong thing that you're not supposed to do until like you get married, which is just total bogus BS, right? Any sort of selfish motive is sinful and deserving of, of death, right? Like Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, like if you even look lustfully upon a woman, you've already committed adultery with her in, in your heart, right? Um, like we all fall short of God. Anyways, so went after that and it broke me. I remember feeling like it, it didn't satisfy. It didn't last. I remember it. I remember feeling so dirty and guilty and convicted. Um, and I just wanted to like hide and I wanted to run and I remember waking up and like being in and out of consciousness whatever all night and then um like wanting to get drunk the next day just to forget about it type of deal so so it's so crazy so sad um and then that was like that moment where I felt like that true conviction came over me it felt like there was a weight on my shoulders that literally crushed me and I remember over the next couple of days and honestly weeks wrestling and like truly repenting and feeling convicted and for the first time crying out to the Lord and being like God I'm so sorry what I just I'm so sorry like I saw what I did was so wrong the way that I treated this person and crying out and being like okay God I, I came to my crossroads, right? I came to the end of myself and I was like, okay, I got to make a decision. I knew it was all wrong. So did it. Um, I had, I came to this place, this decision. I was like, okay, what am I going to choose to live for? Am I going to continue to 
chase after this life and feel freaking bone dry, feel like I'm drinking sand, it, it under delivers. It doesn't promise you life or am I going to choose to live for the Lord? So that started like the process of uh, redemption in my heart and restoration. And I was like, okay, Lord, I want to follow you. But I remember like having so many sleepless nights for weeks and it was just, it was a beautiful, beautifully painful thing wrestling with my own sin. Um, but then, so fast forward, come back to Penn State and Chris Russell's now the air director and I'm living on, and he's like, yo, come lead young life with me. And I was like, what? No, there's, I can't, what do you, I can't lead young life. Do you know what I've done? Like, do you know what I was just getting myself into? And he did. And I, and, and he knew everything, right? Um, the whole time. But I didn't know that. I didn't know that he knew. And he still called me. He's like, yo, come lead Young Life with me. I was like, I can't do this. I don't even like know how to read my Bible. I don't know how to walk with the Lord. I just was an idiot all summer. You want me to lead with you? And so I was scared and terrified obviously too like it terrified me to do to lead but I don't know what happened or how it happened but I guess I said yes and I ended up leading young life at state high going into my sophomore yes. year of college <laughs> and it freaking changed my life because I started following the Lord I started living in fellowship with believers people who genuinely cared about me genuinely loved me for who I was. And for the first time in my life, I felt like I could be real. Oh, I went on a mission trip the end of this, that summer in Honduras. And I remember like confessing for the first time to like, this was a Christian mission trip. And my buddy Mitch Tichurif was on that trip and Mark Puglio and Jay Ivan, they all went to Penn State. They're all Christians. They were still trying to figure it out too. But I remember being real with them. We were all real with each other one night. In that transparency and I, I finally got over myself and my fear and like shared because everyone else was sharing it it was so freeing it was so freeing to be real to be transparent with someone and then accept you with love and with open arms even hearing you know everything and yeah that changed me and so coming back being on that team leading following the Lord it changed me because we crave to be known we crave to be loved genuinely for who we are and we crave to be transparent because that's the way God loves us yeah but still yeah still had some bouts with sin as we do every day and God was still like my life wasn't obviously and still isn't perfect still made some stupid decisions like I still got drunk multiple times after I'll say that because I want to be real and it's not like I just stopped all do stopped doing all bad things. Like my spirit, our spirits are kind of at war every day between good and evil. And um, but God, like refining work, his sanctifying work, like the way he was pruning and shaping and molding and morphing the clay, like my you know proverbial body, my spirit as like a a potter molds a piece of clay. Like it takes work takes time, um, a daily thing. And over time, it was just slowly working in my heart, re redeeming and restoring it. Even when I stumbled and fell, he like picked me back up. Even after, you know, my sophomore year made, still made some dumb decisions and still do to this day, but sin becomes less attractive and God becomes more. And yeah, my life was changed. Started leading young life, met Dino. Yeah. It was, it was freaking, freaking awesome. Lived in, fellowship with people who genuinely care to me support me 
supported me, loved me for who I was, transformed my life, had the be- had an awesome time in the rest of college, learned so much through my junior year and through my senior year and wanted to be a nurse, wanted to make a lot of money. I was good at it. Yeah, I came to this crossroads again where I was being pushed to go not pushed, but like just had the conversation of, hey man, what do you think about Young Life staff? And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, That's way too scary. Um, I couldn't do that. There's no way. Um, and I had to work some things out with my parents and just because where they're at and their faith and they'd helped me a lot in college. I was like, ah, I owe it to them and I owe it to myself to be a nurse, right, for, for a bit. Plus I wanted to and I was good at it and I genuinely did like it in school. But I was like, I'm going to move south. I'm going to go to school or work for two years and go back, get my master's, become a nurse practitioner, live the life, dude. And some people do that. And that's awesome. And they had pure hearts and motives, but I didn't. <laughs> I got felt called and to stay in central PA. And so I did that. And I was like, okay, I can still work as a nurse. I'll still lead young life on the side. And I had that in mind the whole time. But then after working as a nurse for a couple months, um, I was decently good at it did intensive care unit nursing actually with trey we not only was trey my friend in high school through all my years through all my brokenness through he's been through everything with me but we weren't even like the closest of friends but now we are which is awesome and we were roommates in college we went to the same college it's a nursing major he's literally been through it all with me and it's nothing we even planned or <laughs> said like yo let's do this together it just happened and that that's sweet we ended up working together on the same floor icu and williamsport where Trey is right now, and but he's about to get married. After a couple months of doing that, I remember just taking care of, so it was intensive care unit, so it's really sick people who were fairly young. So they were in their, you know, some people in their 50s or 60s, and you still have a, you still have a lot of years out, right? You can live well into your 80s and 90s and live a great quality life and live a very full life. But these people, some people from a young age, just made a lot of poor decisions and didn't take care of their bodies or treat themselves right. And that just like, that wrecked me like emotionally and spiritually. Like they would get healthy, but like they would just always be coming back to the hospital and they had no real will to live. They had no desire to live. Like physically I was healing them, right? I was putting band-aids on their wounds, but there's deeper heart issues, right? That needed to be addressed. And I remember trying to talk about faith and And I did talk about God and Jesus with some patience. I believe that you can't live the life you were created to live unless you know the creator. It's Jesus who is life, who gives purpose, who gives meaning. And unless you know him, you're never going to fully live the life you were created to. And so I was like, man, I want to talk about, you know, issues of the heart with people. So that's what led me to shift from being a nurse, which is amazing and awesome, into doing ministry. And I was so scared to leave and scared to like tell people like, oh, I'm leaving, uh, go to do ministry, like work for a nonprofit. Like I was like, I felt like I was going to be judged, you know, so harshly. But even all the non-Christian people on my floor who I worked with, they're like, that's awesome, man. Good for you. And I was like, what? <laughs> who would have thought they would be so supportive of me? So desires are faithfulness and wherever he, wherever he calls, he leaves. And, but I'm on staff and it's awesome. It's really hard, but it's really fun. I'm learning so much. It's not easy by any means, but the Lord has a purpose and a plan for everyone's life. And for all the people out there, I hope you're encouraged that 
nothing. God does not waste anything in your life, any experience, any bad relationship, any mistake, any season of like, oh, what am I going to do after college? What am I going to do with my summer? Is What's the right decision? Pray about it. Talk to people about it. In the grand scheme of things, there's no um, wrong decision and the Lord will ultimately, if you continue to seek him right, scripture says he'll, he'll make your path straight. And that's so true. And there's, he doesn't waste anything in your life. It's all part of your story and he'll ultimately get you to where you're going. If you, uh, I heard this illustration one time and I was like, man, that's gold. The man was like, Hey, if you're taking a road, if you're, um, driving your car, right on a road trip and you're leaving state college and you want to go to San Diego, there's like a million different roads you can take to get there. Right. Like you can go so many different routes, um, but the destination is still the same. You'll ultimately end up there. Some people might get there a little sooner because they just take the interstate the whole way. Some people might like take detours, right? Go north or go south. Um, But ultimately they'll all end up in San Diego. doesn't matter the route or the journey. The destination will be the same and the Lord is going to lead you there. Matt, that's awesome. It's really cool just to see how you, you realize like every single moment, like, god was like at work i didn't know it in the moment i was yeah scared or terrified or confused but looking back it's cool to reflect and we can all do that even people listening to this like even you like we can reflect and look back and see and holy cow he's so so faithful to us i think uh also one thing that kind of stood out that you're saying was how you saw like uh, in your leaders, like Chris and uh, Ben, was it? Yes. And how like they live life full of like genuine and just there was just some what's different about them, you know? Yeah. Finally, I like thought like the same thing of you guys leaders at State High. Like I don't know what that is or like what <laughs> what Ben Hitty or Evan or you yeah. or Chris are doing, but like I want that, you know crazy isn't it and it's it's not it's not even fake like it's not even like oh they turn that on just for whenever you're with them but you actually live life with them day in and day out by god's grace right his daily grace like we can't do it apart from him every day it's that daily abiding relationship it's not us right it's it's the holy spirit in us but it's it's real you know think about this dean that one man Ah, uh, just the story of the the Bible, the gospel, the account. This this sucker right here is is the craziest book in the entire world. It is the most interesting story. People think the Bible is boring, then they need someone to help them read it and understand it. Cause yeah, it's two. It's so old. It's two thousand years old. Of course, people don't talk the way we talk or anything. <laughs> But the principles and the story and what it's conveying is, it's amazing. And just think through one person coming, Jesus, God had a plan the entire time, even throughout all of Israel, throughout all the Old Testament, throughout man's repeated failure, man's repeated ability to be the human beings that God wanted them to be because he so desperately wanted them to live the life they were created to live. But the problem is, Sin, sin, we we fail. Sin in Hebrew literally means to miss the mark, right? 
um, your boy Tim O'Brien. I remember speaking on a full weekend, and in the book of Judges, there's this story. It's not even talking about doing something wrong, but it's in the story in the book of Judges where this guy takes a slingshot and he's supposed to hit a target, right? The bullseye, and he missed the target, and it said that he had sinned. And so think about that for a moment. It was like he didn't do anything wrong, he just missed the target. He failed to do what he was supposed to do, hit the target. And that's like what sin is. We are failed human beings. We fail to do, like as Paul writes, when he's like, I don't know why I don't do what I know that I'm supposed to do. And I don't understand why I do the things that I don't want to do. The things that I know that'll hurt me, I do them. And that's called the human condition. That's sin. That's not the way life was created to live. And so it all points to, we need a savior. The law couldn't save us. The 10 commandments cannot save us. It points to the fact and to the reality that we will fail at being the people we were created, we were created to repeatedly unless we see our need for um, a savior. It all points to Jesus. It all points to Jesus. It's the coolest story in the world. Um, and by his grace, we are saved and he gives us a new heart because our heart, we, we have a, con, a terminal illness, a con, terminal heart disease. It's only the spirit of Jesus. It's only Jesus. It's only believing that he is who he says he is and accepting that truth, that reality that you fail to be the human you were created to, but he, his grace is more. You can accept that free gift that he offers through his death, paying the price that we committed. The wages of sin is death. What we earn, what we earn as a result of being a failed human is death, is separation, is being cut off from God. But he had a plan in sending his son to pay the penalty that we could never pay, the, the crime that we committed in the court of law. We did something in a court, and then in the court of law, they the judge said, boom, you are, you're guilty because um, of what you did, and it deserves a death penalty sentence and Christ is like no I will come and I will pay that for you and when someone pays your 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 debt then you're free to go like you can walk out the door right that's what Jesus did wow and he calls it and, and then he defeated death and he rose and his spirit is alive and he went to heaven and he sent us his holy spirit and now through thousands of thousands of people through generations 2000 years ago when they witnessed this because of them their hearts were changed and they're like I got to go I got to go love people and tell them about what happened. And so that just happened time after time, after time, after time, like it's just the same story. And God's plan is to create a new humanity. One that loves the way he does. One that is not evident by death and destruction and tribalism, right? And, and, and racism and bigotry and hatred, but one that is marked by the fruit of the spirit, which is love, which is peace, um, which is joy, which is patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. But that's like the gospel message, and it never gets old. And and he and that's not even the end of story. Like there's gonna be a day when Christ comes back and finally restores everything, and and where we get to be restored into our heavenly bodies, and we get to party um, in heaven at the great banquet feast. And we get to get live life eternally with our Heavenly Father. Um, and so that day is coming because God is a just God. He's just. He, he has to be just. Oh, man, just what's happening in our country is so crazy right now. And it breaks my heart. But if 
someone did something agree someone did something evil and wrong to your sister right dean would it be loving you would be hurt by that i would be hurt by that would it be loving for the judge or or for god to be like ah man that's okay that 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 person that woman that that man hurt your sister that did something terrible like no like justice must be served or else it wouldn't be loving if you just sweep it under the rug that's what what kind of person wants a god like that and that's not the character of our god he's perfectly loving but also perfectly just and so we will pay the penalty for what we do by being a failed human we can't even compare to he's perfect he never messed up and if you mess up once one lie one sin whatever what have you i mean you all do it we all do it i do it i'm 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 guilty as can be. I'm the worst. I'm bad. I'm in humanity is not people think, oh, people are inherently good and they make bad decisions. But no, I'm so I I am inherently bad. I'm 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 evil. I only think about myself. That's the human condition. That's the problem of sin is we think we are selfish and we think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. That's pride, and pride is the root of all evil. Um, and because of that, we can't be in relationship with, with God, but he so gracefully, he so gracefully, he's full of compassion. He always had a plan. He sent his one and only son, his beloved son to go on an epic journey in a mission to do for us what we could never do for ourselves and plan to redeem and restore us and give us a new heart. And so that's the cool thing. Um, and I think that what we see in the world and all the all the bad is is a result of the fall thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. And and sin is a chaotic, cancerous, cyclical cycle that just humanity spirals downward. Like we need a savior, we need Jesus. So that's why we're here, Dean. To that's why we're here on Earth. Um, to 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 love other people, not just tell people but genuinely care and love people enough and show them that Jesus is who he says he is. Not just tell them, but we get to do that through. That's our mission. That's why we're here. Everything in our life needs to be about that because the reality is we could die tomorrow. Right, Dean? And, but what, what would be left of, of, of us? Um, I hope we pray that it would be that people would come to know Christ because this life is temporary. The Bible is really cool. It says, that um life is but a breath one breath in out on the grand scheme of time of humanity our breath even if it's even if it comes to 80 70 80 or 90 years it's just a breath it's like dust you throw dust up in the air and it's gone in a moment right that's our lives and so when we get that perspective like it says that in psalm 90 epic psalm right before psalm 91 which is an awesome psalm um yeah. that life is but a breath um it's temporary it's we gotta live it for the lord um and I we need to do we need to do things like this more you know dean yeah yeah <laughs> we need to preach we need to share the gospel with each other it's just it's dope it's awesome I don't even yeah. know how we got on that topic. I think, I think it's it's all awesome. Like it, it doesn't get old, which is incredible. And uh 
I think Andrew quoted this, uh, 1817, in just one hour, such great wealth was destroyed. Mm. And uh, how he kind of talked about it was, like, how he thought of it as, like, us. And, like, how we, just one hour, everything can just be gone. Their whole life's work, yeah, and that's so good, so true. Like, kind of worthless. Like, it's all worthless. Life is but a breath. Life is just but smoke. Smoke is there for one moment and it's gone the next. It's all worthless. Like, why are we here? There's got to be, you know, something more. In. But in Psalm 90, like what you said, I love that. Um, in one hour I can be gone. But in Psalm 90, it says, it's, it's, a, it's Moses saying in verse 3, you, talking about God, you turn people back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by or like a watch in the night. So like in God's sight, a thousand years is just a snap of a finger. It's, it's, it's a day. Um, and we, we're just, we're just dust, you know, metaphorically speaking. Um, but he loves us and cares about us so much, but he's like giving this perspective on life. And then if you go down to verse 10, it says, our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow for they quickly pass and we fly away. Um, And then he goes on to say, Lord, teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Satisfy Verse 14, satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all of our days. So good. Establish the work of our hands. But like this idea that life is, it's so short and our greatest people have it way worse than me. I know that. But like I need to endure trials and suffering and everything, knowing that it's temporary, knowing that it doesn't even compare to the glory that will be revealed to us, knowing that there's nothing more valuable than knowing Christ and making him known because this life is short and 66 book narrative is worth reading. It's a crazy story about a God who is committed to his people throughout it all. Sure. Uh, give a, give him like one thing to leave off on kind of. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, Every book in this thing is here for a reason and for a purpose, and it all points to the greatest, greater story of God. Like our, our life mission and objective here on earth is to just like this, this, this is a book about the story, about the character of God. And we get, you get to know someone by hearing their story, right? Like someone who's listening to this, or even you, Dean, you know me more personally because I got to share my story and this is God's story and we get to read it and know it and know him. Um, and so it's awesome reading the whole Bible with that sort of mindset. And I've never even read through the entire Bible. And so this year I finally felt spurred on. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I gotta know this thing. I gotta read every, at least read and scan through every book. Like I'll read it for the rest of my life. But anyways, so I started on this journey of reading the entire Bible and reading through the old Testament and, it's been so cool. I'm so grateful for it. And I think the big picture that even despite our failure as a human race, God's grace and love and mercy is greater 
and our failure. And he is so committed. He is so committed to his people. He desires you to know him more than you can even comprehend. And there's nothing that you can do that is not redeemable. And like, he's passionately committed to you and to me. Um, and there's nothing that can separate us from that. And he is actually, he is sovereign overall. He, ha he has a plan even in what we see in the world right now with pandemic, with just terrible things, systemic racism and amidst all the evil, he's working a plan for good, for, for his glory, for people to know him. That's his plan is he wants to reveal himself and his love to others. And he uses us to do that. Um, so he's here, he's here right now. He's working. He's committed to us. Yeah, there's nothing that can stop that. That's awesome. Thank you, Matt, for uh, sharing your story and just information that's just like, it's so life-giving uh, just to hear and uh, just to think about. It's just how like God's so unlimited and we're, we're limited. It's really cool like just to even think about like these topics and it's just like, whoa <laughs> it blows, yeah. blows you away so thank you guys for uh listening to the podcast uh Dean, this podcast is amazing thank you for matt and uh next week i will have addy orndorf on yo addy orndorf <laughs> i know yeah. uh on the no uh formally needed podcast so thank you guys for listening. Uh, I hope you feel encouraged and just uh, reach out to me or anyone, Matt or anyone else who's gone the last uh, four weeks. And uh, yeah, it'd be that's awesome a good to idea. talk to you guys. So we'll see you guys later. Uh, thank you for listening. <laughs>